All right. Tuesday, May 12th, 2020. We're still in quarantine today. And we're um, at the point in time where I guess people are getting more and more comfortable socially distancing and seeing people. So um, I've been driving around seeing some of the folks that I've missed. And whenever I drive around, I can tell who's been practicing social distancing uh, by looking at their haircuts. Uh, There's lots of black men that are running around. Uh, They look like they've been recruited to star in a 1960s movie. I mean, no edge ups. Everybody's got a fro. People that are balding are being exposed. Uh, People are attempting their first grows at uh, beards. It's it's. It's pretty rough out there, y'all. Honestly, it reminds me of a time in college where in an attempt to be bold in my faith, um, I offered guys free haircuts. So you can't really tell now by my own hair, but I've cut my own hair since I was about 12 years old. And I got pretty good at it um, until December 31st, 2014, when I had to let it all go. But that's grief for another day that I can't bear to relive right now in this tumultuous time we'll talk about that one later but um anyways uh i was eager to do good while i was in college so i would offer to cut people's hair for free and what that would do for me is once i had them sitting down in my chair and i took that first swipe uh there was no way that they were going to get up so i had a captive audience for at least 30 minutes to tell them about god's goodness and evangelize and all that and Um, every so often I would be in like the student union building and somebody would find out about how I cut hair for free and that I was pretty good at it. And they would be impressed by what I did. Um, And so I would see him from across the room. They'd kind of lock eyes. They would slither over to me and present all the reasons why I should cut their hair for free. And I would politely respond to them. I would be like, fam, you don't have to convince me. I saw you from across the room and I was actually on my way to approach you and ask you if you'd let me do you this favor. See, I didn't want anything in return. I was offering this service. They didn't have to convince me to be good to them. I was determined to do good to them long before I even met them. Right. And that's that reminds me. I don't know if that's the right word to say that reminds me about something that God does is if I would go to God and say, Hey God, you remind me of a younger me. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. Here's what I'm trying to say. Um, what I did is a reflection of who God is. I bring all of this up to cement one truth in your mind today. As it relates to God, it comes from Genesis one, three, and it goes, um, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. The most important thing about that phrase is the context of that phrase that when God created the heavens and the earth and he surveyed the things were dark and formless and void verse three comes before the introduction of any other characters in the story, right? So one of God's first acts of recorded kindness in the Bible in creating the world for us came uncoerced. No one was there so nobody had to convince God to create and be good. He just did. And he did a masterful job at it. With no supervisors, he didn't cut any corners in his goodness. So so what I want you to hear today is this. Listen, 
You do not have to convince God to be good to you. God not only creates the world without people's input and asking for him to change things, but God repairs the world without you asking. Jesus comes on the scene, and before people have a category for healing, Jesus heals many people without them asking because they don't even know what to ask. Not only does God create without asking, God repairs the world that we broke without us asking by sending Jesus to undo death by addressing the root cause of that death, sin. Not only does God create the world without you asking, not only does God repair the world without you asking, but God has promised one day to recreate the world without anybody asking. There's a new heaven and a new earth, and God makes it possible without anyone giving him compelling reasons why or planting the idea in his head. Hear this. God is good to you because he wants to be, not because you've earned it or convinced them. God is uncoerced when it comes to his kindness. And if that's the truth, then today you can be unreserved in your asking of that kindness. The Bible ends with this one phrase, and it's this simple prayer, a request where it says, come Lord Jesus. It's a prayer, not asking for God to do something additional. It's a prayer asking God to do what he's already promised. That's prayer, belief that God wants to be good of his own accord and bringing back up to him what he said. Do you tend to live like you have to convince God to be good to you? Maybe by your works, maybe by your actions, maybe by your behavior or your eloquence in prayer. You feel like you constantly have to convince God like those dudes that slithered over to me had to convince me to do an act of kindness that I volunteered to do. You don't have to. God didn't need your convincing when he created the stars. He didn't need your convincing when Jesus took your scars. And he doesn't need your convincing when he'll come back one day to retire the sun and the moon because we won't need light from them because the glory of God is going to give us the light that we need. And he sure doesn't need your convincing today. But you need to be convinced of this truth. And you need to put it in practice. God is honored by big prayers in faith. Fill your tank up with reminders of God's goodness and be unreserved in your asking. I love you. I pray for a rich, prosperous, and full day for you today.